What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. So welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Conscious Love Show podcast. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with everyone. Excited, as usual, to, to be on with everybody today and um, looking forward to today's conversation. So today's episode is titled Projection Makes Perception. How we see ourselves is how we see the world. And this is... Um, this is a big topic for me. You know, I remember when I first heard this idea, and this is actually the title of today's episode comes from A Course in Miracles. I'm going to I'm gonna read a few things from A Course in Miracles today, but I remember, you know, a lot of years ago, I mean, I was probably early 20s when I first heard this, and I'm sitting in A Course in Miracles class, and I heard this idea that projection makes perception presented to the class. And, and you know, the idea is, is that there's, there's something in our consciousness that goes out into the world and shapes it and then returns to us what we see. So that, that probably sounds really confusing when I say it like that. But, but the, way, the way A Course in Miracles talks about it is that we have messengers that we create in our minds and basically we send them out into the world and they go out and they collect information in the world and they come back and they tell us what's there. Now, that might sound really weird the way I just said it, but if you think about that, because most of us, we look out at the world, we look at relationships, we look at our lives, we look at the experiences we have, and we assume that what our mind is telling us about the experiences is what's true, right? We see something happen, we develop an idea or an interpretation of the experience, and we assume that the way we understand the experience is the truth about the experience, But what I'm suggesting in today's episode, and we're going to really explore this topic in some detail today, but what I'm suggesting in today's episode is that what you see is not the truth about the experience, that your mind actually projected an idea onto the experience and then returned that idea back to you. And so what we experience in life is not actually the reality of what's happening around us, but it's it's how we are shaping what's happening around us. And I remember recently, I, I was talking to my wife, Fatima, who many of you know, and um, I was talking to my wife, Fatima, and, and I, I said this to her, and I said, you know, I, I think really our biggest challenge in life and the reason that we all struggle so much in life, the reason that life is so hard for us is because we can't really accept that life is as good as it is. You see, we, we can't really believe or bring ourselves to accept in a deep way that life is as good as it actually is. We believe that life is not as good as it is. 
We believe that life is worse than it actually is. And because we believe that life is worse than it actually is, we feel that we are forced to do all these things that don't serve our highest good, that don't support us in being the people we want to be, that don't support us in living the life we want to live. Because we don't believe that life is as good as it is, we believe that we have to do things that we don't really want to do. We believe that we have to conform to a certain experience of life that isn't reflective of our truth, of who we are in our core. And we all live within a prison in our own minds, having taken the beautiful, amazing goodness and truth that life is and distorted that in our minds to make life seem to be less than it actually is. And then we relate with life within this prison that we've created in our own minds. And because of that, we're forced to live a life that we don't really want to live. Now, if you could just really, and I'm going to give lots of examples today. We're going to explore this in some detail. But if you could just take that initial statement and just sit with that for a moment. And just imagine that every dream you've ever had about your life could be a reality. Everything you ever desired to have for yourself could actually, it is possible that it could be realized. It is possible that it could be true. So that warm, juicy, hot, spicy, loving, passionate relationship, like that could literally be a reality. It's not that far off right? Financial abundance, a career of your dreams, the ability to travel the world, right? Like the ability to send your kids to the best schools, like whatever your dream is, it's possible. It's available. And the only thing standing between you and that dream is your ideas about life. Your ideas about life not being as good as it could be. Let's just give some examples here because let's let's take some really practical stuff. And I just want to address one thing because I see somebody drop in the comments. Well, what if you're in a wheelchair? Okay, now let's just start with that. Why not? We'll just dive into that topic, right? Because, because somebody wants to bring up the exception right now. And... I get it. Look, there are people who are disabled. There are people who don't have the same opportunities as everyone else. Okay. I mean, there are people who are born in countries where like the, most of the population is starving and they're growing up in extreme poverty. Okay. So there are people who are not necessarily going to have the same opportunities as everyone else in the world. I get that. Okay. And you know, we could, we could have a conversation about a karmic curriculum, right? Where maybe those people chose to be born into a certain situation because they wanted to experience a certain struggle in life, a certain challenge in life. So we could talk about that. But what I really want to address here, now, if I was talking to someone in a wheelchair, I would have a really heartfelt, real conversation with that person. And we would talk about their reality and we would talk about what was actually happening for them and what was actually possible for them. And I would say even for that person, like there are people in wheelchairs doing amazing things in the world right now. There are motivational speakers who are paraplegic, right? Like there are people in wheelchairs doing amazing things in the world right now. So even being in a wheelchair doesn't really negate what I'm talking about right now. 
But I want to talk to the person who brought that comment up or to anybody who's listening who wants to go to that right now because what you want to do when you bring up a comment like that is you want to point out the exception. You want to point out all the reasons that it couldn't happen. You want to point out, well, what about this person who couldn't have it happen for them? But let's not talk about that person. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you in your life right now who has possibilities that aren't being realized. And rather than going, okay, who could I be? Who could I step into to realize this possibility for myself? I'm going to sit and I'm going to focus on all the exceptions. I'm going to sit and I'm going to look at all the reasons it can't happen. And I'm going to use that to justify the fact that I'm not having it happen in my life right now. Okay. Because most of the people who are going to hear this message are not in a wheelchair. Most of the people who hear this message are not starving in a third world country. If I was having a conversation with one of those people, I might have a different conversation. We might talk about the reality of their situation, what they're confronting. But for the most part, the people who hear this conversation are people who have a lot of possibility in their lives. And the only thing holding them back is the prison within their own mind. So that's what we're going to talk about here. Because I want everyone to get this. Like even, even that is an example of a way that you're holding yourself back. It's an example of a way that you're not owning up to the things that are possible for you. So let's talk about some other examples of this, right? What about when we work a job that we hate day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year? Why do we do that, right? What about when we cling to a relationship that's not serving us, somebody who's been mentally or physically or verbally abusive to us, or somebody who doesn't treat us well, or a relationship that died 10 years ago, but we're still hanging on to it, even though it's completely dead and unfulfilling. Why do we do that? Or why do we sit around pining over someone who shows us no attention, who shows us no love, who shows us no commitment, and yet we sit around pining for them and waiting for them. Someone says, what if you were married to someone you hate? I see this in the comments right now. What if you're married to someone you hate? Okay. Why do we stay married to someone we hate? Right? Like these are all great examples. And, and the reason is, the reason is, is because we don't believe that life is as good as it actually is. We can't bring ourselves to trust that life is as good as it actually is. You see, if, you're, if you've been working a job for many, many years that you don't love, that you're not passionate about, that, is not, that you're not feeling alive when you go to do that job, but you're doing it anyway, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. You have to recognize that you have bought into an idea about life, that you believe that you could not be supported doing something you love. Like you just don't believe that life is that good. You don't believe that you could do something you're passionate about and have that thing that you're passionate about support you. 
And that is just you buying in to a false idea about life. If you're in a relationship right now and you don't feel loved and you don't feel appreciated and you don't feel honored and you don't feel respected, but you're staying in it anyway and you're just clinging on, hoping it changes, or maybe you don't even hope it will change. Maybe you know it's not going to change, but you're just holding on anyway. Why do you do that? Because you don't believe that life is as good as it is. See, you don't believe that you could let go of that relationship and that somebody else could show in your life who would actually love you, who would actually treat you well. You don't believe that. And so you've created a prison in your mind where you hold on to something that doesn't serve you because you've set it up to where there's nothing else available for you. And yet, if you could, if you could change your whole perception around this, if you could actually step into a possibility of life where you could look out at the world and you could see, you know what? There are people falling in love all over the place. You know what? There are lots of honest, sincere people in the world who want love in the same way I do. And you know what? It's not that crazy to think that I could find one of them. It's just not that crazy. Like if you could actually just open up your belief system for a second to have it be large enough to hold that possibility, then you could reasonably conceive of letting that relationship go and inviting something new into your life. But you see, when you've created a view of life that says it's just not that good, things like that don't happen for people like me. It's just not that good. Life just isn't that good. Life is not that abundant. Life does not want to provide for me in that way. Life does not want me to be happy. If those are the beliefs you hold about life, then you will live in a situation that validates those beliefs. And the more your situation validates those beliefs, the stronger those beliefs will become. And as the years go by, this belief system that you live in will become a prison that does not allow anything new to come into it. I want you to just really take a moment and let the reality of that sink in. Like if you are not willing to challenge your beliefs about how life is, about how people are, about how you are as an individual, about what's available to you and what's possible for you, if you are not willing to challenge your beliefs around those things, then you will live a life that validates all your limiting beliefs And the longer you live that life, the more solid those beliefs will become. And over time, less and less will become possible for you. And your prison will become more and more real. So if you could look at any area of your life right now, and just in that area of your life, any area of your life, could be your love life, could be your finances, could be any area of your life. But if you could look at that area of your life, some area that you're not satisfied with, some area that's not happy for you. And just imagine for a moment the possibility that you could have that area look 
any way you want it to look. If that's like a deep, passionate, loving relationship, then that's what it is. If that's like financial abundance, if that's a career that you're passionate about, something you're excited to wake up and do every day, if that's health, vibrant health in your body, vibrant health for a loved one, like just imagine that that dream could be manifested. Just imagine for a moment that life was actually that good. And the only reason that life has not been that good for you up until now is because you haven't been willing to believe that it could be. And so you've actually been fighting for a reality. You've been fighting to maintain a reality that you don't even want just because you believe that life is not as good as you wish it was. But if you were to open up to that reality, it could start coming into your life. Now, I want to be clear about something. I'm not saying that it's just a magic spell. That just, okay, change your beliefs, open up to that reality. You're going you're gonna to go to sleep tonight and you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and everything's going to be different. Like, no. You know what you're going to do? You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you're going to get to work. And you're going to do the same things you did yesterday, today, probably. But you're going to do them with a slightly different perspective. You're going to do them holding a slightly different possibility in your mind. You're going to do them looking at the world and having it look just a little bit different than it looked the day before. And in that, you will see the opportunity to take a new action, to try a new thing, to make a request of someone, to take a risk that you wouldn't normally have, that you wouldn't normally have taken. And if you have the courage to do that today, if your belief system can be flexible enough to open just enough of a space today that you could take a risk today that you weren't willing to take yesterday, then tomorrow life is just going to look a little bit different for you. And maybe you could just take a slightly bigger risk. Or you could just see one possibility tomorrow that you didn't see today. And if you could keep that going day by day by day, give it a year, give it two years, give it five years, you will live in a completely different world. There is not one aspect of the world that will look the same to you if you keep doing that day by day. But if you wake up each day and you give all your excuses and all your justifications and all your validations and all your reasons why it can't happen and why it won't work and why it's not okay and why you have to do what you're doing and why there's no possibility and why your life is so hard and why you didn't have the opportunities that other people had. And if you keep doing that day after day after day after day, your reality will remain the same day after day after day after day. That's just the way this world works. That's just the way life works. So I want to read something from A Course in Miracles. And those of you who follow me, you, you know that this is a big part of my life and a big part of how I've learned to understand the world and how I've learned to empower myself. And I like to share it with people when I can because things are certain aspects of it are just incredibly profound. And I want you to hear it, you know, not only from me, but also from the source. So I just want to read a few lines. And, and I, I was sharing earlier that 
you know, when I was, you know, my early 20s sitting in a Course in Miracles class, this was what I heard that completely changed my life. So I want to read this. Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it. Nothing more than that. Okay? Projection makes perception. What I project into the world tells me what is in the world. What my, the messages that my mind sends out into the world come back to me and tell me what is in the world. Okay, the world you see is what you gave it. Nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. Therefore, to you, it is important. Okay, so the world I see is what I gave it. Nothing more than that. The messages that my mind puts into the world are the messages that come back to me. All the world is, is a space that reflects back to me my state of consciousness. It is not more than that, but it is also not less than that. And that's important, right? Because we say it's no more than that. It makes it sound frivolous, but it's not frivolous. It is actually immensely powerful. The messages that you send out from your consciousness into the world are literally creating a world around you. It's not less than that. To you, it is very, very important. The messages that you send out in the world are very, very important to you. It is the witness to your state of mind, an outside picture of an inward condition. As we think, so do we perceive. Therefore, seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. I want you to just think about that for a moment. Seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. I think it was Einstein. There's, there's this Einstein quote. It's really famous where it says like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says something to the effect that the consciousness that created the problem will not be sufficient to solve it. And I want you to look at the world and see what we're all doing, right? The, the course, it says, choose not or, or seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. And here's what we're all doing is we're all going out trying to change the world, trying to change our lives, right? I don't have a relationship. Let me go get into a relationship and then I'll be happy. I don't have any money. Let me go get some money and then I'll be happy. Always trying to change our circumstances. Always, always trying to change the immediate circumstances of our lives, but never changing our minds. And so everybody's suffering. I mean, like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see this. Just look out in the world. Like, just look at people. Just go stand in the bank line and look at the looks on people's faces and you will see that people are suffering. Just look at yourself. Look at your own life. Look at the feelings that you're holding in your body right now and you will see that you are suffering. Everybody in this world is suffering. And in an attempt to end our suffering, we try to change the world. Let's go fix this problem. Let's go fix that problem. Let me get into a relationship. Let me go have sex with someone. Let me go shopping. Let me go buy something. Let me go eat some food. Let me go like whatever I got to do to make myself feel better. Always trying to change the circumstances of my life without ever changing my mind. But the course says, seek not to change the world. Choose to change your mind about the world. Choose to change your mind about what the world is. To choose to change your mind about what you are and who you are. 
And you won't have to change the world because the world will show up to reflect that new context that you're living in. Now, I just want to come back to the question that was posed earlier. Well, what about the person in the wheelchair? What about the person who's starving in a third world country right now? Is all they need to do is choose to change their mind? Well, let me, let me, let me put it this way. I'm not necessarily going to go to that person who's starving in a third world country and say, just choose to change your mind about your hunger. I'm not going to say that. But here's what I'm going to say. To those of us who are privileged, to those of us who are not starving, to those of us who have opportunities in our life, let's choose to change our mind about our situation. And if we do that, maybe we'll be able to create a world where we don't have thousands of people starving. So let's start there. Those of us who have opportunity that we're not living up to, let's start there. Let's start choosing, our, choosing to change our minds about our lives, our circumstances, what's possible for us, what's available for us. And then maybe that will spill over. And once we're not bogged down by our own limitations anymore, we will see the possibility of how to create a world that works for everyone. But us holding ourselves in our small little lives, justifying our conditions, justifying our circumstances, making excuses why we can't be bigger, why we can't have more, it's not serving us and it sure as hell isn't serving anyone who's starving in the world right now. It's just keeping us in our limitations and it's keeping them in their limitations. This is what I want everyone to hear from this. You going out and manifesting your dreams, finding that relationship that you desire, finding that career that you desire, living that life that you were born to live, that is what's best for not only you, but for everyone else. Everyone in the whole world is going to benefit by you being the best, most magnificent version that you can be. And you holding yourself in your own limitations is keeping everyone else in their limitations as well. I want to read another line from the course here. It says, the world you see, but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you and accept as yours. And if this is its meaning, then the power to give it joy must lie within you. This is one of the most powerful lines I've ever read in my whole life. The world you see but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you. So if you look out at the world and all you see is how depressing it is, all you see is how empty it is, all you see is how alone you are. If you look out in the world and you can't see the goodness and the kindness and the love and the generosity and the compassion and the fact that there are so many people in the world working towards good things. If you can't see that, then all the world is telling you is, is that you're not allowing yourself to see the joy that lives inside of you. And I get it. I'm aware that I could, I could open up my, 
web browser right now and I could go to CNN.com and I could look at all kinds of death and destruction and fear and chaos. I know that's there. I get it. I'm not putting my head in the sand around it. But when I look at the world, that's not what I see. You see, when I look at the world, I see people coming to me every day to learn more about love. And I find that to be very, very beautiful. I see people working on themselves to be more loving, to have a bigger heart, to free themselves from their bondage. And I think that's beautiful. I see an incredible loving relationship between myself and my wife and with our puppy and the little family we have here. And I think that's beautiful. And you see, when I go out, when I go to the gym, I look at people spotting each other. And I think that's beautiful. And you see, everywhere I go, I see the goodness. I see the love. I see the beauty. Because those are the messages that I'm sending out to the world. And so those are the messages that are coming back to me. And the more I live in that space, the more that dominates my reality, the more I choose not to focus on what's bad and what's wrong or what's missing or what I don't have, the more I choose to focus on what's good and what's right and what I do have and the more I feel that gratitude in my heart for all of this, the more I come to believe that's what the world is. And the more I believe that's what the world is, the more the world shows up for me as that. And the more I get to live in a beautiful world full of loving and kind people, full of good people with good hearts who want good things in the world. And in my lifetime, in my experience, I've just seen that multiply exponentially over and over and over and over again. And yeah, I was a drug addict. I was in jail. I was traumatized as a child. You know, I mean, I, I've like, as far as like traumatic experiences that people can go through, I mean, I haven't been through the worst, but I've been through a lot of it. I've been through some of the pretty bad stuff that people can go through. So I'm not asleep to the cruelty of the world. I've just decided what kind of world I want to live in. And every day I wake up and I do everything I can to be that. I do everything I can to see that. And I allow that energy to magnify and multiply in my life time and time and time and time and time again. And as the years go by, everything that's not that is just falling out of my reality. And everything that is that is multiplying and expanding in my reality. And 10 years ago, it was not this way. 10 years ago, there was a lot of darkness in my reality. 10 years ago, I was in a relationship with a married woman who was leaving me to go back to her husband. And I was crushed and devastated. And I, I mean, like I was living in like so much toxicity and manipulation. And I mean, just like, like my, I was living in hell 10 years ago. And over the last 10 years, this is what I've been doing. I've been managing my mindset. I've been letting go of everything that is not love. I've been letting go of every shred of fear that I hold on to. I've been letting go of every limiting belief and every limitation 
Everything that says you can't have that, you can't do that, you can't be that. I've been cutting that out of my reality. So all that's left is love and creativity and possibility. Has it been easy? No, it hasn't been easy. I've been through hell in the last 10 years. But this is where I am today. So the message, projection makes perception. The world you see is what you made it. The world you see is what you gave it. The life you have is what you created. And if there's something about it that you want to be different, if there's something more you want to experience, then the same energy that was moving through you, that had it all show up to be the way that it is right now, you just channel that same energy in a different direction. You let it move through you to become what it is. And your life will look different. Because you have the ability to direct that energy. You know, I was thinking about this when I was 16 years old and I was blindsided by my high school girlfriend. This was my high school girlfriend. She cheated on me and then blindsided me and broke up with me and started dating this other kid who was a mutual friend of ours. And I was just crushed. I was just devastated. I mean, I have, I have never been that heartbroken in my entire life. I mean, I guess, no, I'll correct that. I think when my wife got cancer was the next time I was that heartbroken. And, you know, I was looking back on that and I was thinking like, how, how did I not see what that was? How did I not see where that was going? Like, how did I set myself up to be so blindsided by that experience? And it's because of this principle. Projection makes perception. You see, I did not see who she was. I did not see the relationship that we had. I did not see what was true and what was real at that time. I saw what I wanted to see. And so I projected an entire fantasy onto this relationship. I said, we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. And we're, we're just so in love. And it's just this whole fantasy. But you see, if I had actually been paying attention, if I had actually been looking at what was happening, I would have seen that this was a girl. And I'm not judging her. She was a high school girl. Okay. She had her own journey to go through. But this was a girl who had an entourage of guys that wanted to hook up with her. And you see, at the time, I allowed that to boost my ego because I was like, oh yeah, here are all these guys who want to be with her, but she's with me. <laughs> and that's how, I, that's how I made it fit into my imaginary version of this. But the reality of the situation is I was just another guy that was validating her. And it was only a matter of time until I was not enough to validate her and she would need someone else. It was only a matter of time until that was going to happen. But you see, I couldn't see that at the time because I was too busy projecting what I wanted onto the relationship rather than looking at the relationship for what it was. And how many of you have done that in your life? 
Tap that heart a few times if you've ever done that before. <laughs> I think we could all probably tap that heart a few times if we're being honest, right? So let's take it even a step further though, right? Because, okay, I projected something that wasn't there onto the relationship to make it look like what I wanted it to look like. But why was I even with her in the first place, right? Because surely, you know, I wanted in my heart, especially at that time, 16 years old, like, man, like I wanted love. I wanted love in a real way. I really, really did. I wanted a committed relationship. I wanted a girlfriend. Like that's where I was at that time in my life. I wanted that. And surely there was a girl my age somewhere around that wanted that too. I mean, how many 16 year old girls want that? Come on. You know, like, I mean, Clearly that was possible for me. Clearly I could have had that. So why did I end up with that one? Well, comes back to this principle. Projection makes perception. In my view of life, in my view of the world at that time in my life, in my view of myself, she was the only one I could get. And why? Because of this insane need she had for validation. Now, I want everyone to really connect with what I'm saying right now because this is really important. She had this insane need for validation. Like, like I said, she had a whole entourage of guys around her that wanted to be with her. And I, even though I was her boyfriend, even though we were in a relationship, I was just another one of those guys. Now, this was how much validation she needed. And in my view of myself at the time, feeling not worthy enough to have real love, authentic love, committed love, right? Not feeling worthy enough for that. I needed to find someone who needed validation to that extent. And I thought that I could manipulate her need for validation to make her be who I wanted her to be, to have the relationship I wanted to have. Is everybody with me on what I just shared? If you're with me on that, tap that heart a few times. This is what we do. I want you to get this. Like, this is what we do. Now, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a 16-year-old mastermind. Okay, I wasn't sitting there with my strategy guide going, okay, I'm going to find a girl who needs insane amounts of validation and I'm going to use that need to manipulate it. Like, I mean, I wasn't masterminding the situation. I was a 16-year-old dumbass. I was in survival, okay? Like, I was just desperate myself. And intuitively, on some level, I knew that I could manipulate her need for validation, but I wasn't masterminding it. I was just trying to get someone to love me. And she was just trying to get someone to validate and approve of her. And we linked up because we were a fit for each other, not because we wanted the same things, but because we were equally desperate. We were equally unworthy. And therefore, we were an energetic match. You see, 
myself at that time, and I'm talking about 16 year old me right now, little, little high school Shane who, you know, was going through a lot of trauma at his house and was hooked on drugs and had all kinds of fucking problems, right? But little 16 year old Shane who felt worthless, who felt like he was no good, who felt like nobody wanted him, who felt like he wasn't attractive or valuable. And so the only way I thought somebody would love me at that time was to find somebody who needed that amount of validation. But what I want you to get is I created all of that. I created all of that. There was nothing inherently true about any of that. I wasn't unworthy. I was just as worthy as every other kid in my school. I wasn't unattractive. I was just as decent looking as every other awkward high schooler. Like I just created the whole thing. Why? Well, yeah, it was based on my trauma. It was based on my past. It was based on the things I had been through. Part of it was my drug addiction. Part of it, you know, like it was based in all of that. Like, of course, of course that all played into it. But at the end of the day, I was putting out messages in life about who I was about what was possible for me, about what I was worth, about what I could have. And because that's what I was putting out, that's what I was getting back. Now, at 16 years old, I couldn't have done it any differently. Okay, had a traumatic childhood, had an alcoholic father, went through like narcissistic abuse with my father. Okay, just, I mean, like at that age, I could not have done it any differently. That's just where I was. I was just stuck in that. That's just what I had to go through. But in my 20s, still doing the same stuff, you know, it's not so much my dad's fault anymore. Right? Like at a certain point, at a certain point, we can't blame our trauma anymore. Because at a certain point, we become the responsible agent in our lives. And we either decide to deal with our trauma and move beyond it or we decide to be run by our trauma and live a really small, insignificant life because we never believed we were big enough to live anything more than that. And so to those of you right now, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s. Some of you are maybe older than that. Some of you are maybe working through your trauma right now. Some of you are maybe just beginning the journey. Just becoming aware of this stuff. But it doesn't matter where you are. Okay, there's, there's an objective truth that says this. The longer you've held to a belief, the more you've invested in it, the more challenging it's going to be to let go. There is some objective truth in that. So if you've been living with a belief for 50 years, you're going to struggle with a little bit more than if you had been living with it for 30 years. But the message goes the same for everybody here. The world you see is what you give it. Nothing more than that. And it's not more than that, but it's also not less than that. So what you give the world 
What you say the world is and what you say you are is what it will be for you. And you can either choose to challenge that view or resign to that view. So if you're in a toxic relationship right now, if you're in a relationship that is not honoring your highest truth, that is not speaking to your greatness, that is not calling forth the greatest possibility of who you could be, if you are in a relationship right now that is diminishing you as a human being, that is making you less than you could be, I want you to realize a few things. One, you must see yourself in a way that justifies being in that relationship. You must see yourself as being unworthy or undeserving in some way that justifies that relationship. You must also see life in a way that justifies being in that relationship. So life is not good. There is not a lot possible for you in life. There is not a loving person out there who would honor you and cherish you and hold you and love you. So you must see yourself in a way that validates being in that relationship. And you must see life in a way that validates being in that relationship. And you have the opportunity to challenge all of that. Challenge how you see life. Challenge how you see yourself. You see, this fundamental rule of life, what you put out is what you get back, right? The world is what you gave it, nothing more than that, right? This is what you've been putting out in life. This is what you've been getting back. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. That's what I put out. That's what I get back. Life isn't good. Life doesn't want the best for me. It's not possible. I can't be loved. I can't be cherished. That's what you put out. That's what you get back. Now, are you going to challenge that and open up to something greater for yourself? Or are you going to resign to that and let that be the ultimate reality for you? Are you going to have that reality define your life? What you put out is what you get back. The world you see is what you gave it. Nothing more than that. But it's also not less. The world is simply a space that reflects back to you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see and experience inside of you. It is an outward reflection of an internal condition. So try not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. Choose to change your mind about yourself. Who do you believe you are? What do you believe is possible for you? What do you believe life itself wants for you? And do you have the courage to follow that? 
Do you have the courage to take a risk today that you weren't willing to take yesterday? To create a window of possibility in your life today that wasn't there yesterday? Could you be willing to entertain an idea today that is just a little bit bigger than the ideas that you entertained yesterday? So you could step into a possibility of who you could be that would be a little bit greater than who you were yesterday? And could you do the same thing tomorrow? And could you do the same thing the day after that? Could you just be willing to believe that life has a little bit more in store for you than it had in the last couple weeks or in the last 20 years? Could you open your consciousness to have it be spacious enough to just hold that greater possibility? And could you keep that going? And if you did, if you did that today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, who might you be a year from now? Who might you be two years from now? Who might you be 10 years from now? And how might your life look? This is available to every single one of you. There is not a single one of you who are going to hear this message that this is not available for. So what will you choose? You know, I think back to all my years in and out of relationships and, you know, all the years when I wondered if I would find someone and, you know, the, the times when I was in a relationship with a narcissist who treated me like absolute garbage or when I was settling with someone who was nice and good enough, but was not in love. I was not fulfilled. There wasn't a mutual respect and honoring in the relationship. It was more like we were just hanging out. And I was willing to settle for that. And why was I willing to settle for that? Because I just didn't believe that life was any greater than that. I just didn't believe that life had anything more in store for me than that. You see, before I could leave those relationships, I had to first expand my awareness enough, expand my consciousness enough where I could actually entertain the idea of having something more. But this is what I want you to hear, is every time I had the courage to step out of that box, to say, you know what, like, This person, she treats me awful. She is not good to me. She's not a good person in general. Like I, I don't like love and respect the person she is. I actually think she's kind of an awful person and being alone is better than being with her. And when I had enough courage to just accept that rather than continue fighting to try to make her better, to try to make the relationship better, to try to get her to be that 
loving, beautiful person she was in the first two weeks of our relationship again, right? When I could finally stop fighting for that and just be willing to let it go and just be willing to believe that, you know what? Like, I don't know if I'm going to find the woman of my dreams, but I'm pretty confident I could find someone better than this. And the moment I was willing to accept that, my life got just a little bit bigger. What was possible for me in life became just a little bit bigger. And you know what happened? Not even six months later, I found someone who was a little bit better. No, she wasn't the love of my life. She wasn't the woman of my dreams. Why? Because what you put out is what you get back. Right? I said, I don't know if I'm going to find the love of my life, but I'll, I'm pretty confident I could find someone who's at least a little bit better than this. Well, that's exactly what I found. It wasn't the love of my life, but it was someone who was a little bit better than that. And then when I was done settling in that relationship, and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know. I don't know what's out there, but at least I could find someone that I really respect and admire. <laughs> right? Like, at least I don't have to settle for someone. Like, I could find someone that I really, like, look up to and honor. And, like, this is an amazing human being. And you know what? I found that. Still wasn't the love of my life. But it was somebody I respected and admired. It was somebody I looked up to. Why? Because that's the degree to which I had opened up my consciousness. And yeah, that relationship had all kinds of toxicity. And it was a journey. And there was a journey. And each stage of, each stage of the journey challenged me to open up my consciousness just a little bit more. Just to believe that life could be a little bit bigger. And eventually, and it took time, it took years, doing the work, working with coaches, being in trainings, coaching other people, reading, praying, meditating. I mean, like, like when, I, when I tell you I've done the work, like I've done the work. And I don't say that to say like I'm complete or enlightened or anything. Like, <laughs> I mean, if anything, with the amount of work I've done, I should probably be more enlightened than I am. So I'm not bragging when I say this, but I, I say this to say that I've put the work in. I have spent thousands and thousands of hours working on myself. And that's why I have the life I have today. It's really that simple. It's not because there's anything special or amazing or unique about me. Like, I, I'm, I'll be the first one to say, if I could do it, anyone could do it because I was a fucking mess, okay? So, like, if I could do it, anyone could do it. But the point is, is that I had that relentless desire to improve. And I was willing to take those risks and I was willing to expand my consciousness. And things did not change overnight. Okay, I went from settling in that relationship I was talking about earlier, 
with, you know, I didn't really admire or respect the person. She was just nice. She was just cool. We just got along okay. And we had a decent relationship. I went from having absolute power in that relationship to, and, and settling for something that I didn't really want, but having absolute power to chasing someone that I actually respected and being completely disempowered. But that was actually an upgrade for me because I went from believing that I couldn't have what I actually wanted to believing that I could, right? I'm settling for someone who's not what I really want because I don't believe I could have better to now I'm actually pursuing what I do want because I actually believe I could have it. Now, I, need to, I needed to also upgrade from that, right? So I went, from, I went from like being with a narcissist who completely dishonored and disrespected and treated me and everyone else horribly to being with somebody that I was settling with, but I had the absolute power and the absolute upper hand to chasing someone who I actually did admire and respect, but they had the upper hand to then needing to recognize like, okay, I don't need to chase anyone. If it's right for me, it won't be this hard, right? If it's right for me, it will be reciprocal. And I had to grow into that, right? So like, these are different stages I had to go through and they weren't always comfortable. I mean, look, it was not comfortable to go from settling for someone with absolute power to go from that to chasing someone with no power. Like that was not a comfortable transition, but it was a vibrational upgrade. Right. And then I had to work through that too. And then I had to say, okay, who would I be if I wasn't chasing someone? How would I experience myself as a human being to not chase, to not be desperate? And then I had to experience that upgrade. And every single one of these upgrades was a step on the way to eventually meeting my wife. And so all of this is to say that like the sky is the limit. I mean, like, like really, we don't even know what's possible for us. You don't like the life I'm living today was literally like a fucking fantasy for me 10 years ago. Like just when I wake up in the morning and I see my wife and my puppy and I, I'm in our new house that we just built and, you know, getting to work with people and coach people and speak on the podcast like this. Like, I mean, the life I'm living today was an absolute fantasy 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, I was waking up in the morning exhausted because I didn't get enough sleep, feeling weak in my body because I didn't eat healthy foods going out and working in the hot sun all day, cleaning swimming pools, 
being alone or being in some kind of unfulfilling, messy relationship. Like 10 years ago, this was my life. This was my reality. And day by day, I just chose to do the work to make my life just a little bit bigger each day, to make my consciousness just a little bit bigger each day. And I will tell you, I have had every single dream that I had at that time in my life, every single dream I had at that time in my life has come true. Now I have a new list of dreams and they're bigger, right? At that time in my life, I didn't really want kids or I wasn't, at least I wasn't dreaming about having kids. Now I'm dreaming up a family with my wife. You know, at that time in my life, I just wanted to be a professional coach. I just wanted to not have to work in the hot sun every day, right? Now I'm dreaming about going from, you know, speaking to hundreds of thousands of people speaking to millions of people, right? And I'm looking at, okay, what is that leap going to look like? And, and even now, like I haven't finished. Every day I'm in the process of making my life just a little bit bigger. Every day I'm in the process of making my consciousness just a little bit bigger. Of seeing my limitations and being willing to release them and open up to something just a little bit greater. And stepping into that every single day. And this is my promise to all of you right now. I'm going to go on record saying it. (laughs) That 10 years from now, every single dream I have right now will be a reality. And I'll have a whole new set of dreams then. I heard uh, Matthew McConaughey give a speech at, um, it was one of the awards ceremonies. I don't know which one it was. It was probably, probably a lot of years ago at this point, but he gave this speech and, and I was always touched by this speech. And I thought it was, he, he's always been like kind of one of my heroes. I just thought he's one of the coolest guys, but, um, but he, uh, he gave this speech and I thought it was a really great speech. And he said that my hero is me 10 years from now. When I think about who my hero is, It's me 10 years from now. This is what Matthew McConaughey said. I thought, such a powerful idea, you know, to like really think about like, I'm not trying to be anyone else. But every day when I wake up, I'm trying to be me 10 years from now. I'm thinking, who is that guy? Or who is that woman for the ladies out there? How do they think? How do they feel? What are the beliefs they hold in their mind? What is the world that they live in? What are the messages that they are putting out in the world that is coming back to them? That is telling them who they are and what life is and what's available and what's possible, right? Who is that person? Who, is, who am I 10 years from now? And how could I be a little more of that person today? The world you see is what you gave it. Nothing more. 
But even though it is not more than that, it is also not less. And so to you, it is very important. Every day when you wake up, you have an internal narrative that is telling you who you are, is telling you what the world is, is telling you what's possible for you, telling you what's not possible for you. And the only thing that you ever have to do to have an amazing life, to have all of your dreams manifest, is change that narrative. So when you wake up in the morning, you are telling yourself who you are as this amazing, phenomenal, creative creator. You are telling yourself that life is this beautiful space in which we get to create and give and share love. And at the core, life has all of our best interests at heart. At the core, life is pushing all of us to become magnificent. That's what the challenge is about. It's like when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, he has to go through a transformation. It's very challenging. He has to literally break down every cell of his body, turn it from a solid into a liquid so he can be remade, so he can be reborn, so he can emerge and he can fly. Well, that's what life is doing for each of us. Life is challenging us into our magnificence. At its core, life wants all of us to be magnificent. At its core, life is good. And it has the best interests for all of us. And so when you wake up each day, that's the narrative that you tell yourself about who you are, about what life is, about what's possible for you, about what you could have, about who you could be. And the outside world is always going to reflect that internal narrative. The world you see is what you gave it, nothing more. Projection makes perception. What you project into the world is what you perceive out of it. Okay, so that being said, I want to take some questions now. I know a few of you have uh, dropped comments in and questions. Um... I'm just going to scroll through here and see if I can find a couple of questions to get started with. Any of you who have questions you want me to speak into, go ahead, drop them in the chat. Okay, I'm going to start with this question. This is from Alejandra Gonzalez. She says, my ex is reaching out after five years. He doesn't have a plan for us, but he wants to keep talking and see how it goes. It is logistically difficult as we live on two different sides of the planet. Um... I really treasured this relationship, but in the end, he wasn't ready for us. Should I trust him? Do I give us a chance? Okay. Um, 
beautiful question, Alejandra, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this, right? So my ex is coming back, really wants to give it a shot. Do I trust him? Do I give it a chance? I mean, you say it's logistically challenging because you live on opposite sides of the planet. So that's, I mean, that's one thing right there to consider. But, you know, if if we take today's conversation, and this is what I want you to think about, Alejandra. Projection makes perception, right? The choices you make in your life, you are going to make those choices because you believe they are the right choices based on the way you are defining yourself and based on the way you're defining life. Okay, so I love this question because it's a perfect example of what we're talking about here. So right now, you are considering opening the door with this long-distance relationship. He lives on the opposite side of the planet. In the past, he hadn't shown up for you. He wasn't ready for you. He wasn't able to provide the kind of relationship you really wanted to have. Okay, so he's all the way on the other side of the planet. Historically speaking, wasn't always the best guy, wasn't always ready, wasn't always able to provide. So you're looking at opening the door with somebody who historically has been noncommittal. It's going to be a difficult situation because you're going to be long distance, making travel plans, spending a lot of time on the phone. All right, so you're looking at opening the door to this to this possibility here with this person. Now, the question I want you to ask yourself is how are you defining yourself and how are you defining life that is having you see this as potentially a good possibility? Now, this is a deep question and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a more direct answer, but before I do, I just want you to sit with this because I don't want to be on here and just give you guys the answers. Like that, I don't feel like that really serves anybody. Like if I'm just going to be on here and give you the answers, like you're just going to come back to me tomorrow and ask another question. What I want to do is teach you how to think about these things so that you can find the answers on your own. So what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, how am I defining myself and how am I defining life that makes this seem like a good idea? And I'm going to suggest that you're defining it with a degree of scarcity. Not enough. I'm not enough to find love. Um, There's not enough love out there or there aren't enough good people out there or I'm not enough for those good people. Right? But the the scarcity, the scarcity that says there is not enough. I'm not enough. There's not enough. The other people aren't enough. There's not enough love. There's not enough people. There's not enough possibility. There's not enough time to, to meet people, to find the person, right? So I'm going to suggest that you are viewing this through scarcity. And this, the scarcity through which you are viewing yourself and through which you are viewing the situation is making it seem like going back to your ex would be a good idea. Now, I'm also not saying 
to be an absolute no, you could be open to the possibility. But if you were really clear in your definition about who you are and what life is, so you were saying, I am enough. I am more than enough. I am a great catch. I am amazing. Like the person who ends up with me, basically they might as well have won the lottery because that's how great being with me is. Right? So I'm really clear about that. I'm really clear about how enough I am. I'm also clear that there are lots of great people in the world. There's lots of love to go around. There are lots of people looking for love. I'm clear that there are people out there who have similar dreams to mine and that I could find someone. I'm also clear that I have plenty of time to do that, that I have plenty of opportunity to do that, right? So imagine just for a moment, if all the scarcity was removed from your consciousness, there was no lack in every domain, in every way, there was more than enough. And you were to view this possibility to go back to your ex from this perspective of everything is more than enough. You would look at this a lot differently probably. And you might just say, hell no. There is so much good stuff available in my life right here in my backyard, right outside my door that I'm not interested in going back to him at all. I'm not even interested in dealing with that. Even if it would work out, I'm just more excited about what might work out here in my life. That's one possibility. Now, another possibility is you might say, okay, I'm open to that. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket because that hasn't panned out in the past. And I don't really trust him to show up for me this time, but maybe he will. So I'm open to that. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be open and maybe talking to him once a week. I'm going to say, look, if you want to fly out here to visit me and you want to, and you want to spend a week together and see how we connect and see if there's enough here that you want to move forward with this, like I'd be open to that. I'd be open to having you come visit for a week. Let's spend some time together. Let's get reacquainted with each other and let's see if there's enough that we feel like moving forward or exploring more. I would be open to that but you're going to have to come visit me. I'm not going to go visit you. Right? So you could be open to it. But the, the point here, and what I, what, I really want, what I really want you to get is this. I'm not saying that you should go back to him or you shouldn't. What I'm saying is don't put all your eggs in that basket. And the only reason you would put all the eggs in that basket is because you believe that you're not enough, that life is not enough, that there's not enough love out there, that you don't have enough time to find it, right? So like you could be open to it. You could give him the opportunity to show up for you. You could give him the opportunity to prove yourself or or excuse me, to prove himself. You could give him the opportunity to prove himself. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you're open to that opportunity or not, you could say, no, not interested. You could say, I'm open, come prove yourself. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. What matters is how you are framing the whole situation. If you believe you're enough, if you believe there's more than enough, if you believe there's lots of love out there that's trying to make its way into your life, if you believe there are lots of great people out there that you could connect with, 
then that's what's going to show up for you. That's what you're going to experience. And you don't need to keep the door open for him to experience that. And if you don't believe that and you go running back to him to cling to that again with the same beliefs, with the same lack, with the same scarcity, then that situation is going to be a nightmare. He won't change. He won't be different. Because all you're doing is taking your scarcity and putting it in the context of the relationship with him and it's still going to be scarcity. You're still going to feel alone. You're still going to feel empty. You're still going to feel unworthy. You're still going to feel that there's not enough. It's just going to be like, there's not enough time that we have together. There's too much distance between us. There's not enough connection. We don't see each other enough. He's not putting in enough effort. Like if you're still coming from the scarcity, if what you're putting out is scarcity, then what you're going to get back is scarcity. So that's what I want to say. It's really not about if you take him back or not, or if you give him the opportunity or not. It's about how you're showing up to life right now. It's about how you are defining yourself and defining life right now, regardless of if you go back to him or not. All right. Lots of love to you. Lots of love to you. Work on yourself first. Work on your definitions about life first. And then let that situation with him work out however it will. That's all you got to do. All right. Um, someone asked how I take questions. Just drop them in the comments. I'm going to get to as many as I can. Um, I see uh, Jeeves111 says, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you for being with me, Jeeves. Sending you some love and thank you. Uh, she also shares one of my favorite quotes from Rumi. The desire to know your own soul will end all other desires. I love that. Beautiful, beautiful quote. Read it again. This is from Jeeves 111. It says, uh, sharing this Rumi quote with us. The desire to know your own soul will end all other desires. Beautiful quote. Beautiful quote. And, you know, just something I want to say on that. You know, if we're to put that within the context of what we're talking about, like this desire to know your own soul will end all other desires. It's like, to really know your soul is to really know who you are. And when you know who you are and you're connected to the enoughness that you are, you're connected to the magnificence that you are. You're connected to, to like the God self within you. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're God. I, I do believe there is something greater than us, okay? Like we are not the ultimate thing. There is something greater than us. So I'm not saying that you are God, but I am saying that that which created you, that which you come from is what makes up your soul. And so there is a God self within you. And when you are connected to that, there is no desire because you are it already. And so it's like, like when it comes to love, like I'm not chasing anyone around. 
because I am love. Like I'm, I'm, I am so love that it's just pouring out of my cells. And like people can't help themselves but want to be with me because they just feel so good when they're around me. Because I see them. Because I look into their eyes and they look into my eyes. And the God self inside of me is seeing the God self inside of them. And when that connection happens, they feel something that they don't ever feel anywhere else in their lives. They feel seen. They feel recognized. They feel appreciated. They feel valued. They feel honored. And because that's what they feel when they're with me, of course they want to be in my life. And yeah, maybe not every single one of them are going to want to marry me or be romantic with me. But if that's the experience you create with people, if that's what people feel when they're with you, I'll tell you what, you're not going to have a hard time finding a romantic partner. You're just not. And it doesn't mean that everybody's going to want to be romantically involved with you. But somebody will, I promise. Somebody is going to meet you and they're going to be like, I want this energy in my life all day, every day for the rest of my life. Because that's what you create in people when you're connected to that. So beautiful quote, the desire to know your own soul will end all other desires. Beautiful quote. And I just wanted to share a little bit about what that means to me. Um, okay. Question from Alexa, but not Alexa. And thank you for being so active today. Um, she says, I'm recently knowing someone, but I'm scared of, all, of always me doing everything for the relationship as in all my other relationships. How do we know when someone is the right one? Okay, beautiful question. So you're getting to know someone. You're scared of you being the one to do all the stuff in the relationship like you have in the past. So how do you know if someone is the right one? Well, so I want to, again, come back to the context we've been speaking about, okay? How are you defining yourself? How are you defining life? Because if you are connected to your value, then I want to say this. Like, you are going to give everything you have to give. And you're going to give it to everyone. Because when you're, when you're connected to that soul place inside of you, when you're connected to that love place inside of you, that's all you do is you just give love. You just share love with everyone you meet, everywhere you go. It's just, it's just pouring out of you. It's just, it's who you are. It's what you are, right? So if you're coming from that place, you're going to be giving. You're going to be a giver. You're going to give. You're going to share. You're going to give and give and give and give and just give endlessly. But there's also going to be an awareness inside of you that feels when your giving is appreciated and when it is not. So there's going to be something inside of you that feels when you are being honored and feels when you are being taken advantage of. 
So when you're connected to the love inside of you, you give and you give and you give and you give. And if there's a friend, you give to them. And if there's family, you give to them. And if there are children, you give to them. And if you're talking to the clerk at the grocery store, you give to them, even if it's just with eye contact or with a smile or with a, how's your day going, right? But you're just giving, you're just sharing love everywhere you go. And if you're dating someone, you're going to give to them. But if you're involved with someone who is not appreciating your giving and who is not honoring your giving, you're going to start to feel that. It's just going to feel like a little ugly inside. It's just going to feel like a little gross inside. It's just going to feel a little bit like disgusting inside. Just like, I, I don't like this. It's not okay. It doesn't. And so when you start to feel that, It's not that you stop giving, but it's that you start to create distance in that relationship. You start to say, just, and and it's not even like, I deserve better. Screw them. I'm not going to tolerate this. You know, it's not that kind of thing. If, if If you're doing it that way, then you're not really connected to love. You're connected to something else. You're connected to some kind of manipulation stuff going on. But if you're connected to love, it's just like love wants to be reciprocated. And so you just, when when that reciprocation isn't there, when that love is not being returned to you, you just start to feel a little icky inside And you just start to distance yourself from that relationship. You just start to pull back. And you actually wish that person well. And you just like, I love them. I hope they find happiness. I hope they find what they're looking for. I want nothing but the absolute best for them. But the way I feel in the relationship with them leads me to believe that I just, I can't keep going like this. I can't keep participating like this. It doesn't mean I don't love them. Doesn't mean I don't wish them well. Doesn't mean I don't want the absolute best for them. Doesn't mean I don't hope they find everything they're looking for. But it's just that the way I feel in relationship with them speaks to me that I cannot allow that to continue. So the question is, how do you know if someone is the right person? That's how you know. If you are giving and giving and giving and not being reciprocated, then you will feel something inside of you that says, this is not okay. This is not right. I should not allow this. But if you are desperate, if you have been looking at yourself in life through a perspective of lack, through a perspective of scarcity, like we were talking about earlier, if you're feeling that desperation around it, then you will ignore that intuitive impulse and you will just keep pushing forward in the relationship. And you will do that until the pain becomes so great that you just can't take it anymore. But if you're connected to the truth of who you are, 
you're connected to the magnificence that you are, if you're connected to the love that you are, the abundance that you are, the enoughness and the value and the worthiness that you are, if you're connected to that, then when you feel that intuitive impulse, this isn't okay, this doesn't feel right, I don't want this, you'll start letting it go. You'll start to just release it, let it fall out of your life, trusting that it's only making space for something better. All right. All right. So that's a great question. Great question. Um, let me see how much time do we have? I think I could take one more question today. So let me just scroll through here. Um, see, I guess we've had quite a few come in. Um, I'm just going to take a moment and see which one I want to go with. Okay. So this question is from, I think it's one soldier. I could, I could be saying that wrong, but I think that's what it is. And uh, this is what she says. She says, was dating a guy recently that seemed to have narcissistic traits. So I'm learning to eliminate those relationships early on. I did feel like I was doing things causing conflicts, but honoring my feelings makes me realize that he is not right for me. But how do I not care about hurting others? Okay. Um, I think it was by ending our relationship because he was attacking me when I chose to end this relationship because I felt it was becoming toxic. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Okay, great. So basically, um, been dating a guy, dating a guy felt that the relationship felt that he had narcissistic traits, felt that the relationship was becoming toxic. He accused you or, or was making you feel bad for like doing things to cause conflicts. Right. So I I heard that element of it. And then you say, so you did choose to leave, but how do you not worry about hurting others? The reason I wanted to take this question is because it there's some nuance in it that is really, really profound and really, really powerful. And I, I think that I want to speak into this because if you don't understand this aspect of love, you are always going to you are always going to be slightly disempowered when you try to be loving. So this is what I want to say. An aspect of love is fierceness. Like if you think of if you think of a mama bear protecting her cubs. Okay? You go walking into mama bear's cave. She's protecting her cubs. Like you are you will probably get killed. And you will get killed in love. Just think about that for a moment. Like that mama bear will kill you out of love. So love is fierce. Love is fierce. And love is not concerned about people's feelings. Love is concerned about the soul that is there, like the truth of the individual that is there. But love is not concerned about the feelings. So feelings take place on an ego level. 
not on a soul level. And so the question is, you're in this relationship with this guy. He's got narcissistic traits. He's doing manipulative stuff like, you know, you try to bring something up. You try to talk about what you need. You try to talk about what you want. You try to talk about things that aren't working for you. He's twisting that. He's manipulating it. He's blaming you for it. He's making you feel bad for using your voice and bringing stuff up, right? So you start to see the toxicity in this relationship. You start to see what's not workable here. You start to see what doesn't fit for you. You decide, I'm not going to be okay with this, right? If you, if you remember what we were talking about earlier, we were talking about you start to get this icky feeling inside. It's like you just feel gross inside. You just feel ugly inside, right? And that's your cue that like this relationship is not serving me. When you start to feel that gross, ugly feeling inside, it's like this relationship isn't serving me, okay? So you feel that, you honor that, you decide to end it. Now his feelings are hurt. He's telling you what you did to hurt him and how you hurt him and how could you not care about our relationship and all this stuff, right? Okay, I see you commenting yes. So I'm, I get the situation, right? I'm understanding it correctly. Okay, good. So your question is, how can I not be concerned about hurting his feelings? Well, this is, this is really interesting and it may sound counterintuitive, but this is the part I want everyone to get. Love does not care about hurting his feelings. That does not fall, like hurting someone's feelings or not, does not fall into the context of love. Now, there is an element of love called compassion. Compassion is the ability to recognize someone's suffering and to love them in their suffering. So if I have compassion for you, I can see that your feelings are hurt. I can see that you're suffering. I can give you love in your suffering Right? I can be like, oh, I see that you're suffering right now. Let me hold you. Let me care for you in your suffering. But compassion does not try to stop the suffering. Compassion just loves the person in their suffering. But it doesn't try to stop the suffering because there is nothing in love that tries to prevent suffering. Because love recognizes that you can handle your suffering. Love recognizes that you are actually big enough to handle your suffering. I don't need to protect you from it. I don't need to rescue you from it. I don't need to prevent it from happening. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You can handle it. I remember one of the most profound times I experienced this was when I ended a relationship with one of my exes. And initially we ended it very healthy. We sat down, we had a face-to-face -face conversation. We shared everything that was on our hearts. We shared, you know, lots of things that we loved about each other. We hugged it out. You know, we cried together. It was like this really, really beautiful breakup. And then we went our separate ways. And I was done. I was clear. Like it was, it was over for me, but for her, it wasn't. And so it was really good in the moment. But then after that, she started to freak out and she started calling me and she started 
and you know, I tried to talk to her for the first couple times, but then she started to like blow up my phone constantly. And then she started to like demand that I talk to her. And, and I, I would say to her, like, listen, I, I think, you know, we need to move on. We really need space. I don't think it's good for us to keep talking. And, and she wouldn't listen. And then she would, she would like text me constantly and she would blow my phone up. And then she would like message me on Facebook. And then, so like, it got to the point to make a long story short where it got to the point where I actually had to block her because I, I just, it, it, like she, she was relentless. She wouldn't stop. And I remember when I blocked her and like feeling this, like my heart is breaking. Like this is someone I genuinely love. It's someone I genuinely care about. Like I did in a million years, I never wanted to hurt her. I never wanted her to suffer. I was never trying to create that for her. I did everything I could when I broke up with her to like be honest and authentic. And like I said, we had a beautiful talk and, and we hugged it out and we cried together. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It was great, right? Best, like that was the best breakup I ever had except for what happened afterwards, right? But it was really beautiful breakup. I did not want her to hurt. I did not want her to suffer. And yet she was suffering and there was nothing I could do to stop it. And I had to choose to block her and to let her have her experience, to let her go through her suffering, knowing full well that she was perfectly capable of handling it, that she did not need me to rescue her. And yeah, I was, you know, seeing her suffering broke my heart. It, like I was heartbroken about her suffering but I did not feel that I needed to jump in and rescue her from it. And like, let me tell you, she got married before I did. And her, her and her husband are still together every now and then I check up on, on them on Facebook. Cause I just want to know, I just want to know how they're doing. And you know, they're great. They're amazing. Like they're, as far as I could tell, they have a beautiful relationship. She got married sooner than I did. But she had to go through that. And that was love. Like what I did for her, that was me loving her the best way I possibly could. And I let her have her suffering. I didn't need to rescue her from it. So love does not care about feelings. Love recognizes that everybody is a big enough person to handle their own feelings. Love is not trying to save anybody from their feelings. Love wants to be honored. It wants to be respected. It wants truth. It wants honesty. It wants kindness. It wants compassion. And that's for the most part, all, right? That's love. That's love. That's, that's all there is to it. And so, you know, to go back to the question and to go back to your situation, you were in a relationship where you were not being honored. You were not being respected. You were made to feel wrong for using your voice. There was a degree of toxicity and manipulation that was taking place. 
What love wanted from you in that relationship was to bring truth to it, right? Love wanted you to bring truth and say, no, it's not wrong for me to use my voice. Me speaking my truth in this relationship is not me causing problems. Love wanted you to bring truth and honesty to the relationship. Love wanted you to bring respect to the relationship. I won't allow you to treat me like this. Right? Love wanted you to bring honoring to the relationship. If this is how you're going to treat me, I'm going to leave. Because if you're not going to honor me, then I'm going to honor myself. Right? This is what love wanted in this relationship. Love did not want you to protect his feelings. He's a big boy. He can handle his feelings. It's an important distinction because to be loving is not to be nice. Sometimes it is. Sometimes love looks like being nice. Sometimes love looks like being fierce. If you know what the energy of love is, then you will know how to bring it forward in a relevant way in each situation. But if you don't know what love is, you'll be confused. And that's why I've spent so much time talking about this today, because it is a very, very important distinction. So uh, one soldier, thank you. I see you dropped a comment. Um, lots of love to you. Beautiful question. And just, I just want to say awesome job honoring yourself. Awesome job bringing truth and respect and love to a relationship where there was none. Like, actually, I just want to say one more thing about that. Like, I want you to get that. Do you get that you brought love to a situation where there was none before? Like before you had a relationship, but you didn't have love. And what you did was you brought love to the space and it destroyed the relationship. Does everybody get how that works? See, some relationships, you create love inside of them. Some relationships get destroyed when you create love. Let me say that a little bit differently. Some relationships become stronger and more fulfilling when you bring love to them. Some relationships fall apart when you bring love to them. You don't need to worry about what happens to the relationship. You just need to make sure you're bringing love to it. All right, everybody. Uh, this was a great talk today. I mean, great questions, all of you. Um, so much love to all of you, wherever you are, whatever you're going through. Again, I know you're all different places in the world, all different walks of life, all different experiences. But I just want to let you know that wherever you are, I'm sending you some love. And yeah, just uh, just keep being love in your life. You know, projection makes perception. So keep developing that narrative that you are love and love is everything else. You're just love being in love with love. 
That's all it is. Someone's asking when I go live. I go live on Instagram every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. That's New York City time. Um, I also upload each live onto the Conscious Love Show podcast. So later this afternoon, this conversation will be uploaded to the podcast. And um, for anyone who's not able to catch me live every week, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on all major platforms. Um, yeah, all major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, you know, iHeartRadio, all of them, we're on all of them. So uh, yeah, go find the podcast on all the major platforms. Feel free to join me live on Instagram every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Sending you all so much love wherever you are. Keep keep creating love in your life. Keep being love in your life. Keep letting that beacon of love get stronger and bigger and more beautiful so it blasts everything that is not love out of your life and just becomes a space for more love to come in. That's all we got to do. And our biggest lesson in life is really accepting and surrendering to that that's all we got to do. So take that with you this week. Lots of love, everybody. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll see you back here next week, okay? Goodbye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.